What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Micah 5.2 But it's what that prophecy says that's disturbing to them. Because this is identifying the Messiah's birth, and it says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands in Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth, he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. They're saying he existed from everlasting, and then he just appears in earth at this time. They understood he was claiming to be God. He was claiming to be I am. He's claiming to be the ancient of days. He's saying he's God. No one should, you should, if, if anybody says, well, you know, Jesus never claimed to be God. You say, no, he did. He did. He claimed to be God. If he didn't claim to be God, why were they trying to stone him? <laughs> That's proof that he claimed to be God. To be saved, a person must confess with his mouth, very simply, Jesus is God. This is the point. Jesus is God. That's why it's so central here, Romans 10, 9. This is the point that separates truth from cults, truth from error. I like to do some of my hand. says, oh, you know, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons. How, well, what's, 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 what's the difference, you know? Well, is it, you know, they have some angel Moroni on it. No, no. no. It's real simple. Truth man, Jesus. Truth, like that. Jesus is God, man is man. That's true. Jehovah Witnesses, like that. Jesus is just man. Mormons, like that. All right? <laughs> yeah, got it. You got it? <laughs> That's right. This is wrong. This is wrong. Okay? <laughs> All right. Hey, real simple. Real foundational. Real foundational. No one can be saved unless they just state it clearly. Jesus is God. Now, in these three chapters here in Romans 9, 10, 11 about Jewish evangelism, we have the truth for all evangelism. And this is why we have in Romans 10, 14, it says, 
how then, and this applies not just Jewish people, all people, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How then shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How then shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? It is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That's why with, with, our, with the students who go out in Jewish evangelism, when I get together with them, I say, let me see your feet. <laughs> I say, beautiful feet. You know, beautiful feet. That's what God says. Now, we all have a commission from the Lord. We have a commission from the Lord Jesus Christ. Each one of us have been given a commission to bring the gospel to the lost. We bring the gospel to the lost. Why do we know that? Because of Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came, spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. John 20, 21, John 20, 21, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. This means that we have all been sent by the Lord Jesus to bring the gospel to the lost, and we've all been equipped by the Lord Jesus uh, with the provision of the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel to the lost. I just love that, even so send I you. I'll never forget missionary in Japan, and he worked in the city, not too far from where the disastrous uh, nuclear spill happened there in Fukushima, but, but anyway, it, 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 and he worked in the city called Sendai, he said, it's real easy to remember. The Lord said, so send I you. <laughs> now, so we need to be trained to bring the gospel to the lost. And there's no better training in bringing the gospel to the lost than the training that comes from bringing the gospel to the Jewish people. Would you like a boot camp in evangelism? We have one for you. <laughs> there's no greater training for bringing the gospel to the lost than bringing the gospel to lost Jewish people. You know, you may not be called, as I have, to a life of bringing the gospel to lost Jewish people, but you are called to bring the gospel to some lost people. And there's no greater training for bringing the gospel to any lost person than the training that comes from bringing the gospel to the Jewish people. You want to receive the best training for evangelism? Sign up as a volunteer with Israel Restoration Ministries. West Coast Baptist Church the West Coast Baptist College, is a school of about a 1,000 students, more or less, located in the beautiful resort city of Lancaster, California. <laughs> okay, that's where they put it, sorry. And that college has always had a strong evangelism program. Every year, their students evangelize by knocking on about a half a million doors within the Antelope Valley, which is where Lancaster is. But that college didn't have a particular focus on Jewish evangelism. But about seven years ago, I went to go visit the college, and that's when Israel Restoration Ministries began its partnership with West Coast Baptist College on training and sending their students out into Jewish evangelism. And through those efforts, through the efforts of those students, they've gone to about five million 
Jewish homes. That's a big number. Five million Jewish homes all over the U.S. Toronto, Montreal, Buenos Aires, praise to God. Now, as those students have graduated, you know, really, they, none of them have gone into Jewish evangelism. I wonder why. No. Uh, <laughs> but from the hundreds, literally hundreds, of, of, of comments that I've received from the students, letters from the students, and, and, and meetings of the students, I can tell you that the, that the Jewish evangelism training that they have received in going out with Israel Restoration Ministries, it's changed their lives. And it's given them the ultimate training in evangelism. If you can bring the gospel to the Jewish people, you can bring the gospel to any people. Now, no group is harder to bring the gospel to than the Jewish people. Uh, I, 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 I sort of know that from a little experience. And, um, and you know, as you, as you know, we have a mission in Ethiopia among the Muslim people, and uh, Muslims are much easier, but okay, never mind. No evangelism training is better than Jewish evangelism. Really, I got to be honest with you, I told you we were going to we studying frequently asked questions of Jewish, you know, I titled that, I entitled that, I, I confess, I gave that title, frequently asked questions, that's really more of a hope, okay, than a reality. I mean, I hope that Jewish people would frequently ask these questions. <laughs> when in reality, really, I know what it should be called. It shouldn't be called FAQ. It should be called FPP, FPO, FPO, frequently posed objections. <laughs> okay, but I didn't want to call it that, so I called it FAQ, okay, instead of FPO. All right, so the title of frequently asked questions is really a hope. It's a hope. It's a hope. It's a projected hope that I have. I hope the Jewish people will ask these questions. I hope the Jewish people will frequently ask these questions. Now, as you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter in the New Testament on love. It describes love, all the different aspects of love. And there's one very interesting verse that has the principles for evangelism in it. And it's the seventh verse, seventh verse where it says, charity, it says, love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Now, as I said, for the last 46 years of my life, I've been consumed with bringing the gospel to Jewish people, Jewish evangelism. If you were to ask me, as many people do, what does it take for a person to be an effective witness to the Jewish people? I get that question. What's the secret? I tell people, I don't know, when you, when you find it, tell me. No, <laughs> because there are so many people who, who bring the gospel to the Jewish people and then they just give up. People often ask me, what's the secret in Jewish evangelism? What they really mean is, how do I get a Jewish person to believe? Well, the secret for evangelism, whether or not they believe, that is their business. That is their decision and in a sense, it's almost like it's a hope and a desire we have, but it's almost like none of our business. But what our business is, is to bring the gospel. God said that we are to be his witnesses, not his converters. So the secret for evangelism is in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 is the answer to what is required in evangelism, especially in Jewish evangelism, and it's love that bears all things. It's love that believes all things. It's love that hopes all things. It's love that endures all things. 
Those are the four requirements to be successful in evangelism. Beareth, the four words, beareth, believeth, hopeth, endureth. Now the first word, beareth, that's a great word. And it's a very interesting word in uh, Greek because it's the word in Greek, stego, stego. You know, and what it means, it's interesting, stego, it means thatched roof. <laughs> it means roof. Okay, you gotta think, okay, if you were to say, okay, that's Greek, roof, stego, love, all right? Beareth all things, roof. You wanna know Hebrew? Kippur, kippur. covering, kippur, covering, like the mercy seat. We call it the mercy seat, the covering of the ark, kippur. It's a covering, okay? You know, the Jews, or the Jews wear this little hat there, the kippah, kippah, covering, all right. So first thing, you have to become a stego. You have to become a roof. You have to become a kippah for another person. When you cover their sins, it's the idea behind Yom Kippur. It's the day of covering. When you do that, then you fulfill Psalm 32.1, Psalm 32.1, where it says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. It's covered. See? And Psalm 85.2, thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people, thou hast covered all their sin. Jeremiah 50.20, in those days and at that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, and look for it, and there shall be none. Can't find it. For the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve. See, at that time, what this is talking about in Jeremiah 50 is that they're going to be, let's see where those sins are, the Jewish people. Well, I heard a lot of, they did a lot of bad stuff, and they have, but they won't be found. They won't be found. Why? God covered them. God covered them. When God covers them, you can't find them. And you ever notice, it's so interesting about Paul, when he describes as he has in certain places in the New Testament, he described what happened to him. It's like, oh man, whatever happened to him? You know, he was always, you know, stoned and you know, shipwrecked and you know, on and on. And most of the time, the Jews were behind it, right? But it's very interesting because when he goes to talk about what they did to him, it's like he doesn't really mention it. It's like a, ah, it was nothing. When it comes to the Jewish people, ah, it was nothing. They didn't know what they were doing. He was covering their sins. He's covering their sins. Love beareth or covereth all things. It means 1 Peter 4.8, 1 Peter 4.8. Above all things have fervent love, charity among yourselves. For charity or love shall cover the multitude of sins, as in many, 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 70 times seven. And Proverbs 10.12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covereth all sins. See, people are, people are either in the business of repeating and gossiping up the sins of others or in the business of covering and forgetting the sins of others. The cancer of bitterness, because that's what it is. It's a cancer of bitterness. It comes from repeating and gossiping up sins. Now, roof covers, by contrast, a funnel channels. See, a funnel is, is stirring up strife. It's to go to people, funneling all the gossip, all, all the sins, all the sins, all the gossip, you know, the juicy conversations. It means that we're either going to become a roof or we're going to become a funnel. And what's the secret to success in evangelism? Don't be a funnel. Be a roof. Be a roof. Cover the person's sins. Don't focus on the sins. 
A bitter person can never be an effective evangelist because he's ready to call down the wrath of God all the time. Bitterness is like a spirit. It's like a cloud that just engulfs a person. It's like a spirit of destruction. Evangelism Evangelism and love is a cloud that engulfs a person and wants to cover their sins, cover their sins. Evangelism is like a spirit of salvation as opposed to a spirit of destruction, which is what the disciples, they got offended and they were mistreated. They went into the city in Samaria and they weren't received. They were, in essence, told them, leave, get out of here. And that made, a fan, that made them mad. So in Luke 9, 52, Luke 9, 52, it says, and he sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was though go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man does not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. See, when you bring the gospel to the lost, people are going to say things to you, and they're going to do things to you that's going to be very offensive. I remember one of the reports from a West Coast Baptist college student who was bringing the gospel to a Jewish person in Los Angeles, and she wrote, today I had the very nice experience when a Jewish lady threw the, my, my materials back into my face. Right? I remember two students who were in Miami and they were bringing the gospel to a lady and, or I don't remember if it was Miami. I've covered that part. So, but anyway, someplace. And they asked them if they were thirsty and then they brought out water and threw it in their faces. Now that's offensive. Okay? That's the part of evangelism that happened to these disciples in this village of Samaria when they essentially were rudely kicked out. And before they were even aware of it, they had this root of bitterness that just sprang up, like it says in, in Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. See, in Hebrews 12, 12, it's saying, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up, it describes it there, and trouble you. That means that those disciples weren't on their guard. They weren't on our guard against the springing up of the root of bitterness. You know, I'm amazed at my garden how quickly a root, a weed comes up. I thought, where did that come from? You know, it wasn't there yesterday. Where did it come from? You know, how is it able to spring up so fast? You know, and the answer is that what I couldn't see is that in the ground, there's a root. There's a root. I can't see it. There's a root. Oh, I can't see it. So I, what do I got to do? I got to watch carefully for when it first appears and then Get rid of it. It's amazing how quickly you and I become so angry. It just grows into this full-bloom bitterness. Why? Well, because we all get the roots inside of us. And it means as soon as the springing up of the weed happens, then quick, you know, go get the Roundup. Spray it. Don't get Roundup. You'll get cancer. Anyway, get rid of it. Anyways, it doesn't take much of an insult or a slight or a few words just to light the flame of bitterness. And without even knowing it, we're bitter. We don't even know it. We're bitter. So, you know, we're loving someone by bringing them the gospel. They say something choice like, you hypocrite. You know, you, 
You look at your own life before you preach to others or whatever the something, and all of a sudden, root of bitterness springs up, not even aware of it, and, and then it repeats in our minds. And it's said, see, in Proverbs 17, 9, he that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. That rehearsing of it, that repeating it. What did he just say? What did he say? What did he, how did he look? Well, let me go back. Oh, let me go. Okay, I got to think about That's repeating the matter. Repeating of a matter separated very friends. And then we just become like the disciples. We're like a funnel. Over here, Lord, over here, right here, right here, Lord. Can we have that fire just funnel right down on that person right there, if you don't mind, please. Elijah's fire, biblical, biblical, okay, right now. And let's say that we've been offended by someone and we realize we're bitter. We realize we're caught. Okay, I want to stop. I can't. I want to stop. I can't. What do I do? I'm angry. I can't. That's where what happened in Luke 9.55 is so important. He turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Then they went on to another village. Stay close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord so that we, we realize when he turns to us and corrects us. Stay close to the Lord so we can hear him when he rebukes us in Luke 9. Stay close to the Lord so we can hear him say, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. Stay close to the Lord so he can instruct us. Look, the Son of Man, follow me. The Son of Man has not come to destroy. You see me destroying, I'm saving. And then get up and go to the laws. Get back on track. Don't let it stop you. As it says at the end of the Luke 9, 56, they went to another village. So that verse is really saying, okay, you fell into bitterness, you fell into anger, you, you got you're off you 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 got off the track you got off track confess it back up okay and get back on track yeah see proverbs 24:16 proverbs 24:16 a just man falleth seven times and rises up again what does that mean fall confess rise up fall confess rise up fall confess rise up seven times that man is what god calls a just man a just man. He doesn't look just. He's falling all those times. No, nope, he's just because he's confessing and he's forgiven. He is like the publican in Luke 18, 13. Luke 18, 13, where it says the publican, the tax collector, standing afar off would not so much as lift his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to, merciful to me, a sinner. And then the Lord Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Now, justified, very important word, Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. That's justification through humility and confession and faith that God's going to forgive. Now, to be an effective evangelist, we've got to be a roof, not a funnel. A funnel collects wrath. A funnel focuses down on the person who made us mad and angry. A roof protects that person and says, it was nothing. It was nothing. Lord, it was nothing. He was having a bad day. Don't hold it against him. Father, forgive him. He, he knew not what he was doing. He really didn't even think about it. He didn't know what he was saying. That's a roof, and it shields. A roof says, a roof speaks and says the words of Luke 23, 34, Luke 23, 34, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. They're crucifying him. 
They're crucifying him and they're saying they don't know what he, what, they don't know? They don't, they've got nails, they've got hammers, they're, they're putting it through, they don't know? No, he says, they don't know. They don't know. That's a protecting roof. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.